Welcome to the Uplift Effect Podcast. I am so glad you're here today. It's Monday. Happy Monday. It's my favorite day of the week, which is why I release podcasts on Monday. In case you didn't know, my name is Jill Falling. I am the host of this podcast. I am the owner of the Uplift Effect Coaching and Consulting. And today, we are truly going to have an Uplift Effect. What we are doing today is going to encourage you. This conversation is going to be helpful for you as parents because it gives you a perspective that I think is helpful. And I want to bring attention and tell the stories of people who are really making a difference in the lives of our children, of our young athletes, and parents. We need reminders of what is going right in this world. We need reminders of coaches who are really doing the thing for the right reasons and are making an incredible influence in our children and why they're doing it and how they're doing it. So today I am bringing you a conversation conversation I have with Joe Martin. If you are from the Huntsville, Alabama area, you probably recognize Joe. He's like the most famous ginger in town. He also is the owner of the Huntsville Boot Camp. It is a boot camp program that is just for women. It is an outdoor fitness program that focuses on fun and community. And his motto is, we're going to laugh, we're going to smile, and we're going to sweat a little on the way. So he has programs that um, are that start at 5.30 in the morning all the way to 5.30 in the evening. And we're going to talk about some of that. But really, the reason I have Joe here today is because of this. He played sports as a kid. It made such an impact in his life that he is now coaching kids, has been coaching kids for a while. He has coached his son. He is raising an athlete, of course, then. But he has a story to share. He has got things that sports has done in his life, the difference that they have made for him personally, things that coaches said and did that made long-lasting impacts in his life. And it is the reason why he is doing what he's doing today and influenced relentless positivity. We need to be reminded and hear the other side of what sports has done long-term in the lives of children, young adults, and then as they become young men and women. Towards the end of this conversation, Joe and I are going to talk about the moment when I knew I really needed to have him here on this podcast. He has got five words that you absolutely need to say to your children at the end of a game that will make all the difference. I thought it was genius. I have started using it. You can hear our discussion about it. And it's one of the main reasons why I pulled the trigger and messaged him and said, would you please come on this podcast? Parents need to hear these five words. So do not skip. Listen to the entire interview and make sure you hear what we talk about at the end. I am going to quit talking and I'm just going to bring you Joe Martin from the Huntsville Boot Camp. Okay, here we are. All right, Joe, thank you so much for joining me today here at the Uplift Effect podcast. And as I was telling you, like, um, you're the first dude. How's that feel? Hey, man, this is just regular everyday thing for me. I'm the only dude almost 95% of the day 
I'm the only dude where I'm at. So this is this. I'm, I'm good here. I'm good You're in this space. Here. Well, and that's yeah. the other thing that I love about podcasting. It's, you know, it's public speaking with no public. So it's just us. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So, okay. I am excited to have you. I'm excited. I knew, um, I guess I should tell people that we didn't, we've never really formally met, although we just realized we went to high school together. Um, yeah. And we live in, in um, Huntsville together, but our paths have not directly crossed, but indirectly crossed. And we had been Facebook friends. And so I had seen enough of your content and I knew I was like, okay, I really feel like that Joe has got um, a story and has got a perspective that I think that my listeners need and would benefit from. And so thank you for being here and spending time talking with us and sharing some of your story and your perspective with us. I appreciate it. Oh man, I'm fired up. I'm really excited about this topic. So I'm really, thank you for asking me. This is, this is near and dear to my heart. So I'm excited about today. Well, good, good deal. So, okay. First of all, let's just briefly discuss, you have a book called Relentless, Pos- Relentless Positivity. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to talk about that at the end. Don't let me forget. You have a podcast called The Same Thing. Right, yeah. Okay, so let's kind of go back and back to your upbringing. Let's start with what we're here for, sports. (laughs) Tell us, tell me about what sports you played, kind of how that developed, and give me some background, some context for what we're going to talk about. Okay, yeah, so I grew up... uh, like most kids used to do, I played a little bit of everything. You know, I played some soccer, I played some t-ball, I played some coach pitch, baseball, you know, basketball, football. Um, I discovered playing baseball, coach pitch. I thought, man, I thought I was the worst baseball player ever, which was probably true, but also I needed glasses. That's an important thing to be able to see the ball. I was like, man, how are people hitting this thing? I don't get it, man. This is impossible. So I discovered that. Um, never was a good base. I took some time off of baseball, uh, picked up football was my main thing. So seventh grade, my first year playing football, life-changing, man. That's life-changing. That's what re- truly changed my life. Sports changed my life, football specifically. I uh, started with that, played that, uh, picked up basketball and all that other stuff. Tried baseball again with contacts, man. It was a lot of, I still wasn't that great, but it was a lot more fun. I hit it every now and then. Uh, and it was much easier to catch the ball. So, yeah, so I just, I got involved in sports. My, no one in my family had ever played football. It's not something that, you know, it's like one of those, hey, you know, you grow up in this tradition of football and you're like, hey, I uh, went to Challenger. They open up a brand new school, Challenger Middle School. Yeah. And I was like, hey, we got a football team. We got all these practice jerseys for game jerseys. We're going to have a team. Um, I should go try out, try something new. So hardly anyone knew what they were doing out there. It was, it was rough. We, yeah. we, we, did, we went over however many games we played. Oh, I mean, the first football game I ever played in, I think we lost 64 to nothing. And it was still a great experience. I, I came off the bench. You know, I'd never played before. And I got, got to put in in the fourth quarter, made a few tackles. And then I started the rest of my career after that. You know, it was just a great experience. The only guy, probably happy guy out there getting beat down 64 to nothing. But I was like, hey, man, that was pretty fun. That's why you have relentless positivity going on. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Who can be positive with a, a zero to 64 game? I mean, my kids would not have recovered well from that. <laughs> I didn't know any better. Right. I was like, I've never played before. It's like, maybe this happens all the time. Who knows? Yeah. So your parents, were they pretty involved in these sports? Were they encouraging of you to try all the different things? Oh man. I hit the parent lottery. 
Like my parents are the best. If I, if I ever showed an interest, my dad was right there. Hey, do you need, do you need a glove for baseball? You need a bat, you know, uh, you know, it's, he actually took me up to go see Coach Walker up at uh, Grissom to help me yes. with some pitching stuff. You know, anything that I need, my dad was involved. They went to all my games, and my dad went as much as he can around work. My mom was always there dragging yeah. my little brother. My little brother, he went to so many games. I feel sorry. He's five years younger than me, so he got drugged to every basketball, baseball. Uh, but he liked baseball because you get snow cones. You know, you go take a chase a foul ball, something like that. But, man, they were awesome, totally supportive, never – Never like, oh, you sure you want to play football? It's kind of dangerous. You know, it's like, hey, go try it out and, and check it out. But you just have to, you have to finish. If you start it, you got to finish it. So that was our only thing. And they always helped me out 100%. I had the greatest, most supportive parents. Good. I, I love to hear that because some of what I am doing now is trying to help parents understand the role and the power that they power. I don't mean it in the negative, but in the positive, the role of influence that they have in their children's lives to use sports as a way to help grow their children. I mean, it's an incredible place to be to learn life lessons. So one of the things I'm curious about, of course, I know Coach Walker, um, <clears throat> my parents took me to him for driver's ed. <laughs> hey, my son just went this past summer. He just turned 15. It was so weird, but he, he loved him. He loved all the war stories and stuff. Coach Walker yeah. is still the same Coach Walker that you know I played freshman football with. 100. I still use one of his lines, actually, that uh, if one of my players shows up, he's got a mustache. I tell him, hey, you got one of those football mustaches. He's like, what? what's a football mustache? Like 11 on each side. So that's, that's Coach Walker's line, man. I still use that to this day. That's great. That's great. I love it. When I see his little car around town, I'm just like, oh, gosh, that brings back some memories. But I have never had a ticket. So he must have done something right. I've never had an accident. Hey, he's good. It's my fault. He did something right. That um, man must have nerves of steel driving kids around for so many years. He has none left. Um, so if you could pick a coach that really stood out to you that made a difference in a positive way, what would that be? Who would that be? Man, I, I was blessed. I had a lot of really great coaches. You know, I, I was trying to look back, like, did I have any bad? I don't really remember any bad coaches. Um, the one that probably had a, a, the biggest impact on my life was actually a basketball coach. I only played basketball. Well, I was on the team for one year at Grissom, you know, and it was Ronnie Stapler. He's, he's a pretty oh, yes. legendary figure around these parts. He's been, yes. he's still coaching in the seventies these days. Um, yep. He just taught me the value of looking people in the eye when you're talking to them, which mm. sounds like something pretty small. But if you look, kids don't do that a whole lot like they used to. Yeah. Um, I think it's something super important that has gotten me, you know, when I, when I talk to someone, I'm going to look you in the eye. Yeah. I'm going I'm to shoot you straight. I'm going to tell you, hey, I'm, I'm connected with you. I'm listening to you. Uh, it means a lot when you look someone in the eye, whether you're getting coached, teach, or just talking to your wife about something, you're not looking at your phone. That's a big thing. Now, the way he used to teach it back in the day is uh, he'd tell you, he'd, he'd hit you in the face with a basketball if you didn't look up, right? Which, you know, yeah. you can't do that nowadays. But the point was a cry. And I actually wrote him a letter as a grown up thanking him for that because it has helped me along my career path. And that's what sports does for me is it's, a, it's just a, a tool for teaching. It's just for life lessons, a way to teach people. And he taught me that, the value of that. And I had a bunch of other lessons I learned along the way, but man, that's one that stands out for sure. And like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't good at bad. I was on the team, like I said. I practiced a lot. I was there. But man, the game times, it wasn't, it wasn't a whole lot of Joe going on in there. Well, you actually might have been thankful because I went to all those basketball games. And those were some intense ball games i mean they were yeah. very intense ronnie oh, yeah, had the best seat in the house I was one there. Way. Yeah. <laughs> he plays ball <laughs> one way and that's intensely 
Yeah. yeah. Then, and I appreciate it. Now do you notice he's so laid back? I'm like, who is this guy? He's so laid back. Yeah. And my oldest played for him and Scott. And I was like, where's that in that intensity and that <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll come out he's still got that fire in him but it's he's still uh he's, he's got grandkids mellowed. now see? he's mellowed <laughs> yeah. that's right he's mellowed so okay what a great lesson the lesson that you learned even through not exactly learning about free throws but that too to learn to look people in the eye and the value of respect that that communicates to them that you are giving them your attention. Yeah, it's a respect thing for sure. Yeah, that's absolutely what he we got across. It. It's a respect thing. If I'm talking, you're listening, and you're looking at me. You know, that's something I, I pass on to my players now today. That hopefully they'll sink in. And I don't threaten them with a, <laughs> a basketball to the face, but maybe I should. I don't know. They got helmets on. I coach football. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, was there a defining moment in your sports? um, career, let's call it, um, for kicks and giggles, um, in your sports career, was there a defining moment that was like, Oh, I was going to have to really dig deep because that either I didn't want to finish. And my parents were like, Hey, you're going to finish what you start. Was there a moment where you really kind of had to pull something out deep down that wasn't real fun? Yeah. Uh, three a days football practice. So uh-huh. <laughs> my sophomore year, I played tight end that year. So we had, you had two a days, no matter what position you played. But if you played receiver, you had a third practice thrown in there. So you're early in the morning, lunchtime and, and at night. And I couldn't, this is the only time I could not wait for school to start. Cause then we could just do one practice, but man, those, those days, it's just a grind. You're out there, you know, seven, eight hours a day or something like that. And it's, yeah. it's hard physical challenge. There's no end in sight hardly. So just digging down deep and just, finding out what your body is capable of, you know, and pushing beyond. And it's more of a, you find out it's more of a mental thing than anything else that be able to get through that, that next wind sprint when you're you, the last one you thought was the last one you could do, you know, and that's, yeah. that's another thing I've taken on, you know, just this, you can do more than you think you're possible. And that's, that's sports has taught me that a hundred times over, you know, you figure out and it's, and being in a team atmosphere, if you're doing that by yourself, you'd be crazy to be able to do that stuff by yourself. Right. But when you you're in that group and you got the coaches motivating, you want to do it for your teammates and there's so much more you're capable of. Yeah, absolutely. So what that teaches our children is that they are tougher than they might originally think that they are. They're stronger than they think that they are. Maybe initially they can go farther than they would have initially thought that they could because you had to require more from your mind, more from your body than you have had ever required before. And what, this was in high school. Yeah. High school. Yeah. yeah. So you're 15, 16, 17 years old, and you were learning the lessons of actually I am kind of mentally my, my worst enemy because I limit myself and sports taught me that I actually do have more than I ever thought. Yeah. And, and, and the value of, of playing hurt. Now there's, you know, if you oh. ever played sports, it's, are you hurt or are you injured? Everybody has heard that before, okay. right? Yes. There's a big difference, right? And, and yes. injury is something you need to rest. You need, you don't need to be participating. A hurt, you're just going to be hurt, man. When you play football specifically, it does hurt. you're going to probably get a bruise or, or several bruises the first game and they're not going to go away. They're just going to be there the whole time. And that is something that been so valuable in my life that, mm-hmm. Hey, when you grow up, uh, you're going to have to go to work sick. Sometimes you're going to have to go to work tired. If you're a young man, you might have to go to work hungover every now, something like that. You know, there's, you got to fight through these things. Um, Hey, I've missed 
I've been, I've had, I've owned a business for 12 years and I, I teach outdoor fitness classes. Our first class at five 30 in the morning, there's been a lot of times I did not get enough sleep, but you know, I'm not going to miss work. Cause I'm tired. I'm not going to miss work. I've torn ligaments, broken bones. I've missed five classes in 12 years. You know, that's Monday through Friday, five 30 AM, multiple classes a day because wow. I taught, Hey, if, if I'm not going to make it worse, if it's just a me being a little more, you know, being a little uncomfortable and that's not going to get worse. And I'm keep showing up. That's what, that's yes. what these people are paying me to do. And that, that's what football taught me and sports overall that, Hey, if it's hurt, it may be uncomfortable, but you mm-hmm. keep going. It's, it's okay. If you're not going to make like, you don't want to be out there on a broken leg, obviously limping around sure. and making it worse. Right. Um, but you can, you, you can keep right. showing up just cause you're like, yeah. But that's in life, it's going to be like that, you know? Yes, absolutely. That's a great uh, different differentiation, if I can get that word out, of being injured versus being hurt. Because here's the reality. Life hurts. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're, you know, we're talking about physical hurt. stuff, but uh, also uh, emotionally, you're not going to feel like doing something. You're not going to no. feel like going to work. Guess what? Your, your feelings don't matter sometimes when it comes. Feelings aren't facts. That's what I've, I've been taught, that feelings are not facts. I don't feel like going to work. Nobody goes, I feel like going to work most of the time, right? But you do yeah. it anyway, because that's what you're supposed to do. And, and it, it's nice if you're like me and you love what you do. It's much easier. I'm not going to lie. For me, it's much easier because I love what I do. But, but still, yeah. if you've got that responsibility and you said you're going to do something, then you do it. Yes, that's right. That is discipline. What you're describing is discipline of recognizing I've made a commitment and it requires follow through, whether I feel like it or not. I use uh, feelings in the sense of they're fickle. They're fickle. You work your way into feeling a lot. I don't feel like being here, but I made a commitment. I have to be disciplined. I'm going to show up. And guess what? Very often I end up feeling better once I'm there. I'm an ultra runner. I don't always feel like going and running the long miles. So what I do is say, I'm going to go walk it a little bit. I'm just going to walk the first couple minutes. Well, before long, I felt like running. And before long, then the 15 mile run was done and all was well. (laughs) Feelings are nothing as well. If I'm running 15 miles. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I tell my clients the same time. Just say, Hey, how about five minutes? Could you do five minutes of exercise? Just maybe do a warm up and this, hey, if nothing else, you did five minutes of workout. But I think you'll find if you can just get started and do those five minutes, you're going to finish the entire workout. It's the same thing, just yeah. overcoming that inertia, right? It's the, yeah. the hardest part is that first step into that walk or run or whatever you're doing. If you can just do that step, there's going to be more behind it. But getting started, is it's very hard. I'm not going to lie about that. But It is. Um, we just get, you got to kind of psych yourself out. That, that's right. It's, it's about working the mental component of what you're doing, because here's one of the things that I found is that, and why I am on this project right now is because these are the things that our children are going to have to learn somewhere. And if we are not participating in what they're doing and how sports can teach them these lessons, they're probably going to get missed. We're not going to recognize the need for some of them if we aren't engaged as parents. And so one of the things I hear you saying, I mean, you're just like one thing after another, after another of all these things that sports has taught you, where would you have learned that if you didn't play football, if you weren't playing baseball, if you didn't have um, the basketball uh, season that you had or whatever, how many ever seasons there were with, with um, Coach Stapler. 
there are places to learn. Sports is not the only thing. I, I right, learned a yeah. lot of it in band, uh, some of it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but where would you learn them? I mean, if 90 something percent of our kids are involved in sports, seems to me we should be using that as an avenue. The field is so ripe for all of these life lessons. And, and you just gave me like 10 of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I could keep going. That's something, man. I've got a ton out of it. But yeah, you're right. Sports isn't the only way. Uh, but if we got all these kids already playing sports, uh, we might as well be teaching some lessons. I think part of the problem, and we've talked about this before, is sports have kind of got away from a lot of that, that teaching aspect. Like I said, I was blessed to have a lot of great coaches. Um, so a lot of the sports have kind of gotten skewed towards, you know, hey, my kid's going straight D1. Or, or bust, you know, that's my only goal. No, I don't care if he enjoys playing. Uh, I don't care if he, you know, if he's doing this, he's doing that. He's got to be a scholarship athlete. And that kind of gets in the kid's head too. And they're like, well, if I'm not going to get a scholarship and, and I'm not very good at this, why would I keep playing? Cause they, you seem particularly in football with the, uh, the dangers of football going, getting out there about concussions and all that participation's way down. Um, despite, you know, they're cleaning the game up, you know, the equipment's gotten better. The coaching is way different from when I played. You know, when I played tackling technique was you put your face mask in their chest with your face. You know, yes. that was, yo man, that was, a, that was a great tackle back yes. then. Now it's like you completely take the head out of it. Get the head out of there. You know, that's a different technique they're using. Yeah. And, and the referees are keeping the game safer. So there's several things they're doing right now that mm-hmm. make it so much better. The, the, the original game, like those old guys, man, I see why none of them are alive. For, I mean, if yeah. you ran your head over and over into something, uh, that's not good for you. I could I didn't no, do any study. No. Yeah. 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 So there's and participation is down and we're so focused on either absolutely winning at all costs, which your podcast is amazing. That's disgusting. By the way, if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that episode, but she's talking about that, that about a coach teaching his players to hurt kids, kids. Mm-hmm. That's, that's disgusting, man. That's the kind of stuff that gets kids. They're like, oh, because there's certain kids that, hey, they want to win at all costs too. But there's certain kids like, well, I don't want to hurt anybody. You know, I like to win, but I don't want to yeah. hurt somebody to do it. Yeah. Winning is, I mean, yes, we want to win. Oh, yeah. But man, I am hyper, on. hyper competitive. I, yeah. I hate losing. Yeah. I love winning. I, I'm, the, I'm that guy. But I want to beat you at your best. If we're playing, I don't want your best player hurt. And I want to beat your best against my best. And that's, that's my competitive nature right there. I don't want to win just because I taught my kids how to hurt your kids. That's, that's terrible, man. It is. is. So coaching, let's talk about that. Cause now the other thing is, is you coach a middle school team, the same middle school team that you played for. I mean, school. (laughs) Um, And your son no longer plays there. So now you're getting to coach other people's children where you're, you don't have the the stress of having your own child on that team, which I I can appreciate the difficulty of that. It's right. It's a lot, man. We talked about it before that, man, it's so much less stress when your kid's not there. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. I love coaching. We had great memories together, father-son moments and all that stuff on the field, beating teams that that school had never beat before and all that. We did that together, but man, just being so worried about being so close to seeing him get hurt and all this stuff and worried about him. You know, it's so much, you're mo- I'm much more detached emotionally. Don't get me wrong. I, man, I, I treat all my players like they're my kid. That's yeah. how I picture them. Yeah. I mean, I want, I'll coach them like I'm going to coach my own son. I'm going to, I'm going to get on to you. If you mess up, I'm going to love you right back up. You know, I'm yeah. not going to do it just to yell at you. I'm going to coach you. And then I, I'm, I'm, I'm worried if you get hurt, I'm just as worried, but man, there's something about having your own kid out there. It's great. And it's also a little bit rougher. 
you're not going home with all those kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You are not going home with all of those kids. And it makes a very big difference. I too have coached um, my kids and track and cross country. And it is just a different beast. You know, it is very different. So now you are coaching. What are some of the things that you believe? Let's talk about the um, negative first and then we'll move positive and we'll end on positive. What are some of the okay. challenges that you are seeing with kids um, as a coach from a coach's perspective? Um, the kids now, so I've, I've had a, a different coaching career. I started back in the early 2000s, you mm-hmm. know, before I had a kid and then I came back 10 years later. So there, there's, there's a difference even in that little 10, 10 year time span. Wow. Um, kids, even they want, they want to be the star right away. We've had some kids, you know, I coach seventh and eighth graders and some kids that have never played before. They want to be the starter from day one. They want to be the man. They want to score 15 mm-hmm. touchdowns a game and never played in their life. And don't really know what they're doing and, and they'll pout and because they want it now, right? We live in a microwave society anyway. We want the stuff yeah. now. Attention spans aren't what they used to be, all that stuff. That's a negative that I see that they're not willing to put in the time to get better and work and learn mm-hmm. how to do things. Um, and they, they kind of want to do their own thing a lot of the times. That's a lot, right. of, a lot of things that I see. Being um, coachable is they, challenging. You know, they, <laughs> it's a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, that they, you know, like they see like friends, this is something small, but they like to wear their pads and stuff like they see the college and pro guys do. Like they like to tuck their, show their abs off, yes. which, which you can't do in the games. First thing they do at the rest, like, Hey man, pull that down. You do that. They want to pull their knee pads above their knees because yes. the college guys do that. They don't want to do that. And then they get in the games. They're like, Hey, pull that down. So yes. I mean, it's just little stuff like that. They're trying to like, uh, it's, these are small things by the way, yes. and things that are, but just things that I've noticed that between the first time and the last time it's a little more mm-hmm. individualism, Mm-hmm. Um, not, not quite as coachable and not quite as patient with the process of getting better. Yeah. You know, that's a very good point because I do think in general, our children have so much that is just immediately accessible to them. The internet, the phones, you know, all this stuff, they don't have to really wait for much of anything. And there's an expectation yeah. that comes along that they deserve to be able to have anything at the tip of their hands and sports, particularly in sports is something that is about developing over time. Yes, there's natural talent, but we have to invest in it every day. We've got to go out and make those free throws day after day, after day, after day, and train our body. And we have got to learn how to run those sprints and practice the turnover and practice those, the the hitting drills and the blocking drills and the whatever drills. I don't speak football quite as well, Um, but the throwing drills and all of that, that is repetition. And I do see the same thing in just our, our society in general and teaching our children that, Hey, being good to great is about willing to be patient and allow the process to happen. That's, that's a great observation on your part. Yeah. So that's just, and, and not all kids. There's, there's some kids, man, they're, they're disciplined. They're on it. They're, they're from day one. And I'm, we talk about kids, but adults are the same way nowadays where a lot of, I find myself sometimes like, man, why is this taking so long? Like, yeah. like I, a- Amazon or something like, Oh, it's not here in two days, man. We used to be four to six weeks for everything right now. I'm like, where's my uh, fancy shirt I just ordered. Why is it not here in two days? So I'm the same way. So I, I, you know, I, I call myself. Our kids, our kids learn it from somewhere. That's right, man. <laughs> 
it, it, it all trickles down. It's not all their fault. So we, that's, right. we, no. that's part of, you know, part of us as parents and coaches and trying to, to help them out, you know, and that's by right. leading from example. Well, and that's why we're here. That's why we're here is because I do know that we see the signs in the children, but we've got to recognize we've got to look back in the mirror because our children are learning this from somewhere. Our society is moving in a direction, but as parents who live in a home with these children, we can teach them some things that will serve them better. So let's talk about some things that you have seen in coaching or that you, that you do in coaching, that you, that you are passionate about coaching. Why would you continue to go out there and in 107 degree weather that we have down here, <laughs> I happen to know that number by heart now, um, how come you continue to, co- to keep showing up for these boys and invest in that? In a, in a football field out in the sun in a hundred degree weather. Why are you doing that? Uh, there's some days I ask myself, like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> what are you doing? You got air conditioning. No, I'm, I mean, sports just meant so much to me growing up and it's my, it's my chance to give back. You know, I, people ask me like, how do you, how do you have time to coach? I, I don't, I really don't have time to do, but I'm doing it anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I know it's, if I can change one of those kids lives, it's going to be worth it. So there's, like I said, tool, it's just a tool for teaching right now. And I think that's sorely needed right now. And it's, you know, I want to pass on some things that people have passed on to me and that I've learned over the years. And, and like I said, it's, it's football is kind of the mechanism we're doing that, but you can kind of, it's like throwing vegetables in a smoothie. You, you sneak them in there on them, right? They, they yeah. may not realize they're learning it, but they're getting these little life lessons. Like something I, I like to it. preach these guys, my guys, every day I've talked about, you know, you got control of two things, you know, your attitude and your effort. You know, you may not be the biggest guy or the fastest guy. You you can you can change those a little bit as you grow and all that stuff. But, man, you have absolutely 100 percent control of how you're how you're acting, your attitude and how much effort you put out every play. Other than that, man, everything else takes care of itself. If you take care of those two. There's nothing else you do. If you max those out, then everything else takes care of itself. You know, I I love that that lesson. Um, particularly for those of us who have children that are not blessed with height, (laughs) (laughs) because I have had to remind my most competitive, most athletic child that I have that is extremely driven. He's my second son. He's my smallest one, unfortunately Mm -hmm. for him. And, you know, there's so much, there's so many stories about people, athletes who have made it despite their size in spite right. of their size that really your effort can outwork talent anytime. And I right. think it yeah. is such a, a valuable lesson to, to teach kids for coaches, for parents to reiterate that. Um, because the truth is, is that you can't change how tall you are. <laughs> you just can't. Yeah. Uh, you, you may, it may happen. We'll see it, man. But, uh, you know, the great coach miles, I coached with this guy named Daryl miles, coach miles, awesome uh, coach Pee Wee football guy. I call him the, the coach saving of Pee Wee football, but, okay, um, yeah. he always talked about that, uh, you know, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work. Right. So That's you can right. outwork these guys that are bigger, faster, stronger, all that by just working, you know, and, and then you can see the fruits of your labor too. You know, I've, yeah. I've seen it in my players. I've seen it in my son that, you know, when you, you focus on it, you stay on that grind, you see the results like, Oh, and that's going to pay off when you get into your job, when you get into your marriage, when you become a parent, all these things you see, Oh man, effort actually gets me where I want to go. So that's pretty awesome. It snowballs. 
Right. Yeah. It snowballs a little bit becomes a little bit more, becomes a little bit more. And I, when I was uh, bodybuilding and competing, people were like, how on earth are you all that time in the gym and all the, this diet? And I was like, you know, it just kind of snowballs. I mean, the truth is, is that it was harder at first, as we talked about, I was already running a lot. So I was used to the discipline of it, but it was different kinds of soreness and it was different effort. Mm-hmm. I hate the kitchen. I don't like to cook. I don't I mean, and I had to carry yeah. food around with me all the time. You know, I mean, that wasn't fun, but it snowballs a little bit of effort. And then you start to see results. And now you're motivated a little bit more and you see more result and you're motivated a little bit more and you see a little more result. And all of a sudden it comes together, but it does take effort. Absolutely. And I do think that our effort in life can always outweigh the talent and the lessons that we learn from really being on the playing field, from being on the track field, from being on the basketball court, maybe it's the swim, swimming pool. Those are the places, as you said, I love the um, smoothie analogy. We're sneaking in the vegetables. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. That's the secret, man. I I have to do it to myself. You know, I, I drink smoothies sometimes just because that's all I eat my vegetables. You know, I'm not a huge vegetable guy, you know, I had, you know, kind of a side note, but I was, I think I was 25. No, I was a little bit older. I was in my twenties. My son was little. I was like, Hey man, you need to finish those vegetables on your plate. Meanwhile, I hadn't had vegetables, maybe like a carrot stick with some wings or something. You know, I was like, well, here's Mr. Hypocrite. Uh, Why don't you start eating your own vegetables, mister? So yeah, I mean, I I convicted me and and I've been a vegetable guy. You know, my thing is I try to get vegetables at every meal now, you know? So, um, because I was like, man, I'm trying, I'm asking this guy to do something I'm not willing to do. I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And the truth is, is that they are going to see, I mean, this is the the blessing of having kids. They see the cracks. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. They find them like water, you know, water always finds the cracks. Well, so do children (laughs) and they're more than welcome to, to remind us of them. So they keep us honest. So tell me about um, your podcast. First of all, what do you do? Um, Relentless positivity. What kinds of, what, what do you do with your podcast? I mean, I know. Tell so tell us. So I, I started it during the, the pandemic because if you looked on the news or social media, all you saw were negative stories. That's what sells. That's what leads nowadays. I want to kind of counterbalance that with, you know, I talk about positive people, people yeah. doing think good things in the news that maybe you didn't hear about, uh, Dad jokes. That's my thing. I like to tell dad jokes, but you know, that type, just something to put a smile on someone's face or give them a little bit of hope or something like that. And just started that. And it kind of, like you said, snowballs, right? So I was just going to do a couple episodes and see what happened. And it's, it's begun to snowball. And now we, uh, we offer a hope dealer of the month The people that are making a difference in the community. You know, we got a sponsor for that. They got, gives these people a little bit of money, a little bit of recognition for, Hey man, thanks for doing something something positive and, and, and bringing some hope to that community. Cause that's what we need right now. If you got a little bit of hope, man, you can go a long way. So just, just trying to provide that something, a little outlet for people that need a little positivity in their life. We have people from all different backgrounds. You know, we've had counselors and athletes and nutrition coaches and just a little bit of everything because everyone's got a story, right? I like to hear people's stories and mm-hmm. there's some good ones out there. If you go digging a little bit and I've, I've been blessed to meet some awesome people. That's awesome. So your book, Tell us about your book, Relentless Positivity. There's there, there's a common denominator here. Yeah, <laughs> the same thing. I just want to just, just just before we, before we go on, Relentless Positivity. 
positive. This is positive. This isn't, uh, oh yeah, the house is on fire. Let's go get some marshmallows and roast those. You know, it's not, right. it's not faked positivity. It's not just you, you know, ignoring reality. This just make about you making a choice. Like yes. when you get up in the morning, you put on your positivity shirt rather than you wake up. And the first thing you think is, well, this day is going to suck. You know, there's I'm sure there's people that I've, I've been there in my life, you know, and and when you when you start your day like that, it seems to kind of spiral down a little bit because that's what it did in my life. You know, at one time in my life, I was overweight, and out of shape and depressed mm-hmm. and on probation and suicidal and mm-hmm. all these different things were in my life at one time because mm-hmm. all I focused on was the negatives. So I wanted to give people something to, hey, maybe just something small that they can just lean on a little bit that maybe help them dig themselves out of that hole. So um, the, the book is kind of some stories like that. Some the things that I've gone through, there's it's once again, sneaking the little lessons in there. So I tell stories in there for my own life, my client's life, my son's life, my wife, just mm-hmm. different things. I'm a weird magnet. My wife calls me a weird magnet. Like think weird things just happen to happen to me. So I kind of turn those into stories. There's some funny stories in there, but they're short chapters. You know, you could, you could read the whole thing in like a couple hours, probably something like that. But they're short little chapters that kind of bite size that um, some of them are, are continuous, but mostly they're just standalone chapters that you can just kind of yeah. pick up, read for five minutes and get a little positivity. They put a smile on your face maybe learn a lesson when did you write this book again let's see that was once again during the pandemic so that was what i was using around probably came out around let's see yeah 2020 it's been out over a little over a year now so yeah okay okay well you know i started this during the pandemic too i did yeah, that's what you do, right? You have a little, you can, you can either uh, watch more TV or start something else, like, which I got caught up. I was like, man, I got to do something. I can't sit at home all day. I know. I know. Yes. Well, I want to talk about one last thing. It is the thing that I really was kind of the confirmation as I have been like, who else, I, as I'm making some pivots, who else do I want to bring on the podcast? Who do I want to talk to? And you said something on uh, your Instagram or Facebook. I'm not sure which one it was. And I thought, that's it. Love it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. And so I want you to tell me um, what are the five most important words that you can say to your children? I want parents to hear the five most important things they could say to their children after a game, despite the score. Yeah. Despite the score is an important one, by the way. So, uh, so yeah, just, just try this as an experiment. If you're a parent after your game, Hey, I know I'm a coach. Uh, I want to coach my son. I'm going to tell him all the things, you know, I want to tell him all the things, but here you can boil it down to five words. So you say, I love watching you play. Just try that one. See how magic that one is. I'm telling you, because we all are experts, right? We know exactly what our kid needs to do. You should have shot that three in the fourth quarter, or you should have swung on the third pitch or something like that. We all know, right? We're, yep. And guess what? It, they know better than you what they should have done, right? Because they were in the game. They were the ones okay. actually playing. They had a coach tell them 15 times after the game what they did wrong for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. So why don't you just try that? Because here's the deal let's say they have a great career and they go and they play in the NBA for 15 years. They're 40 years old. The rest of their life, you're still their parent, right? When they play 15 years in NBA, maybe one more year of high school, you're going to be their parent a whole lot longer than you're going to be that athlete parent, right? You don't be coaching them up, man. Just you're their parent first. Realize that that's what they need from you most right there. Hey, I'm telling you, take it from a guy who did it wrong. 
for a long time. Okay. This <laughs> I'm convicting myself right here, but just try that as an experiment. Try it. I had a parent uh, tell me last night that they've been doing that and it's changed their relationship. Like the dad was the one that was uh, mm. coaching them up and telling them, Hey, you need this and do that. And said that that's changed their relationship, that he loves talking about the game afterwards. He will talk about it. And guess what? Most of the times they're going to talk about the things you wanted to talk about, right? It's going to come out. It's not just going to be them. Oh, well, all right. No, for teenagers, teenage boys specifically, they may just go, hmm, okay, but they get it. They'll soak it in. They, they, love, they will love hearing that. I promise yes, you. Absolutely. I knew when you said that, I was like, that's it. And one of the things that I have done, just so you can add it to your repertoire of people that, you know, um, I have two boys playing on the same team. And um, what, you know, my one son, he's quarterback and safety and that, you know, and he's, the punter, I mean, he just is always on the field. The other one is on the field quite a bit, um, but he took some years of a break. And so there's some catching up that he's doing. He's a year younger. Mm-hmm. And so um, recent, more recently, he came off. I always go to the gate. I'm the first one. When they come off that gate, I want to be the first one to give them a hug and tell them I'm so proud of them, regardless of the score. It's not easy to be doing what they're doing. So I'm always at the gate. And I found myself struggling. Scoreboard was terrible. Um, I knew how my older son was going to manage it. I wasn't so worried about him, but my younger one, I was because he didn't play as much. There were some things that didn't go the way that they should have gone um, when he was on play. He missed um, a a tackle and the coach took him out. And so I struggled. I mean, I'm I'm rarely hurting for words. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't sure with his personality. I wasn't sure what the best thing to say was. Well, guess what I said? Regardless of the scoreboard, I want you to know I love watching you play. And he said, thanks, mom. And he just kept on going. Now, he probably was like, I didn't play enough. I mean, he probably had some of those thoughts. But I felt like that just the way he looked at me, he heard, regardless of anything else, I just love watching you play. And so thank you for those words, because even I used them. Um, Our kids need to know that regardless of anything else, they need to know that we love watching them play. And it's not about their performance. It's not about the score. It's not about how well they did or whatever. We just love watching them. And that's what matters because that's what's going to carry with them forever. So because some kids will carry that, that, that they equate your love with their performance. Right. And that's not what we want. You know, none of us truly feel like that. Maybe there's some crazy people out there, but we may get emotional and say, you know, we should have done this and didn't do that. But really you're there. You do this because you care, right? That's why you're there. That's why you're watching, why you're so invested in this, but man, they have coaches Mm -hmm. who some of them are better than others. I'm not going to lie, but they're going to coach them up. You just tell you do your job first as a parent. Now, if they come to you and they want advice, that's when you, that opens the door for you. But first, Hey, try those five magic words. Yeah, I agree. I did. And I truly feel like that it helped cover us in a, in a point in time that was, that was a little bit awkward. That was rough. And what he needed to know is that I loved seeing everything he did. That's what matters. And the bravery to get out there and to do that isn't easy, you know, because there's hundreds of people here. There's all your peers here, your older brother, you know, all this stuff. And 
I just love watching you play magical, important words. And I just so much appreciate you sharing that on social media. Thank you for sharing that with us. And um, thank you for sharing part of your story um, and what you are doing in the lives of kids. I always, um, I may have said this on the other podcast, but for the coaches that are making a difference, who are doing it right, because there's a lot of them, Thank you for doing that because as a single parent, my boys have been hungry. They have needed, they have wanted that male interaction, that role model that they weren't having at home. I'm a terrible dad. (laughs) I just hope to be a really good mom, but I'm a terrible dad. And they need the influence that you are giving them. Thank you for that. And for the kids who get to play under your direction, what a blessing that is. And I hope the parents are taking the time to say thank you. And if they aren't, I want to say thank you on behalf of them. Our world needs um, more Joe Martins in them. That is for sure. Well, I appreciate you saying it. We have great parents and several have thanked me and, and the rest of the coaching staff. So we, we're very lucky and blessed. we got great kids and great parents. It's been a, it's been a fun season. Good deal. Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. And we will stay in touch very soon. Parents, I hope you enjoyed that. And I want to tell you one additional thing. Just because Joe is so cool, (laughs) I should have said this at the very beginning. Women, if you will go to his website, HuntsvilleBootCamp.com, he is willing to give you a golden ticket, a free one-month access to his Huntsville Boot Camp which means you can show up at any of the given times that he has and be a part for an entire month of this program, this boot camp that he offers just for women, where you can have fun, be a part of a wonderful community of people, and you can laugh, you can smile, and you can sweat. I think you'd be crazy to not take advantage of that opportunity. It may be the best month you've had in a really long time. And something tells me that the Relentless Positivity isn't just a book or a podcast. It's truly who Joe is. And being in his presence, I promise you, will be something that is well worth the time and the effort. So do not pass up on that. Thank you for listening to the Uplift Effect podcast. I look forward to talking to you again next Monday. And I hope you have a fantastic week. Till then, bye-bye.